0: Coronavirus pandemic. This is, I think, this is the discussion every single place today, and um, we can like it or dislike it, but we can definitely not ignore it. With uh, that, I think uh, there is another discussion that is getting coupled, right? Uh, how is the recession going to be? Is that going to really happen? Are people going to lose their jobs, or uh, how are we going to manage it? This is like everywhere in different versions. Some people say these are the industries that's going to come up and then do really well. And some people say, oh, these tourism and entertainment industries is going to really go down and for it to come its light, um, at least it's going to take one, two years. We don't know what's true, what is not. So for discussing about it more and even more, we have Seish with us. Welcome to this show, Seish. Thanks. Thanks, Parmini. It's nice having you, Shesh Vasudev Murthy, because he is from Walmart and he's been a product leader for uh, more than 10 years?
1: No, 20 years. No, I think about now, 15 years, years in product management. Yeah.
0: That's incredible. I think you must be the mm-hmm. most uh, senior product leader that we've interviewed so far. Uh, we've interviewed Anuj Rathi, who is 10 plus years. And after that, I think it should be you from Walmart. Nice, Very, very nice having you, Shesh.
1: Thank you so much, yeah, I know, I guess um, uh, I can go back to where uh, when I went to B school, school, there was no product management course itself. So it was so early those days. So I have come from that era. So definitely. yeah.
0: (laughs) Amazing. So even before we start, the first question is, I'm sure you were part of the 2008 uh, dot com bubble bus, the whole uh, recession. So is that called dot com bubble bus? Let me
1: go back, right, um, year 2000 was a dot-com bust, right, um, okay. and 2008 was uh, the real estate bust which is called the mortgage-backed security bust, which has happened predominantly in the US. Okay. Yes, I was part of both of them. To the first one So tell us about it, <laughs> yeah. uh, especially
0: about 2000, because many of the listeners uh, were probably in their third standard, fourth standard when this happened. So tell us about the dot-com bust and how did that happen?
1: Sure. Uh, I was just graduating from a master's. I went to US uh, to do a master's in computer science, and uh, I was graduating '99. And mm-hmm. um, the dot com was like, you know, literally the search engines and the web portals was just like everywhere. Uh, the job offers was like so amazing. People used to get sign-on bonus like BMWs those days, and mm-hmm. um, It was just going crazy, right? Because everybody was just uh, putting a lot of money on the PPT and uh, like just the vaporware. Like I'll do this. And then people were spending so much money on the marketing things like. So Mm -hmm. that's the year of 2000 where um, uh, like there was too much of money chasing a little bit of value. And Mm -hmm. that's where they called the dot-com bust of 2000. And I just had graduated. But I I had a job and there was more of a stable company like Ericsson. But a lot of startups uh, did not survive that dot-com bust. And mm-hmm. that was the year uh, 2000.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I also, as you mentioned, 2008, right, was the mortgage-backed security when I just finished my MBA and okay. um, it was a, like, I was reading all of those valuations and how really uh, the P ratios matters for the companies. And we mm-hmm. see like astronomical valuation of some companies. And okay. that was the 2008 where mortgage-backed securities were like, but it predominantly affected the US. Uh, okay. But definitely there was a, a global impact for that.
0: Ripple effect everywhere, right? Because yeah. now when we when we think about coronavirus and the uh, potential um, recession that we might have, people talk about, oh, this is what happened in 2008. We came through this. And uh, I think you should be the best person to talk about because you have seen both of it, evidence both of it. And uh, how did people come out of it? I mean, I'm sure things were hard and people were talking about it, lost their jobs and how did that happen? Was it for good people were like employed even better or how was that whole year like?
1: Yeah, so in, in US, right, typically 78 years a cycle where it grows so big that it, it calls for a recession or a, at least a contraction of the market, economic market, right? So mm-hmm. 2008 had like, after 2000, people said, okay, let's brush it off. Let's just uh, think nothing has happened or we put behind this and start going towards like exuberant, right? Those days... Um, Fed used to talk about great uh, policies and you know, like um, irrational exuberance was a common word in year 2000, but people okay. forget after six seven years and again happens to be 2008.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the last two three years I've been expecting that there's going to be a, a like a recession or a, some kind of what they call the bubble burst or fraud. They use mm-hmm. different terms, but okay. yes. Um, if there's less of value being created, uh, okay. I think it's just that it's like a bubble, right? Everybody just assumes it's great value here and uh, puts a lot of money into startups and valuation goes up so high. Mm-hmm. But if there's no like good revenue, great products being created, then it's, it's, uh, it is a great recipe for a, like, it's a disaster kind And it so happened this year, unfortunately, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because of not economic reasons. But mm-hmm. um, I've been reading this um, uh, this is very similar to both 2000-2008 and this one is what they call the pandemic period and s- mm-hmm. they have an analogy of World War 1 and 2 and oh. if you probably heard Fred TEDx speech from uh, Bill Gates right like he said I I the
0: did. next yeah.
1: next World War is not going to be with all the nuclear weapons or what not but from the biological warfare and exactly it happened now right so exactly. uh, it, it, not it's, from it's, the uh, missiles
0: but from the microbes Amazing, yeah, and of- it's
1: <laughs> It's like we have all the greatest technology, but nobody is able to fire, fight this invisible enemy. And that's where I think it calls for businesses to be very strict in what they're doing, what's mm-hmm. the most important thing, what the customer, uh, like, you know, like if they have a like, wa- share of wallet, what they really mm-hmm. want to spend on, right? Like if you now look at it, they may not want to have any fancy gadgets or like travel, none of those things.
0: Mm-hmm. It matters mm-hmm. is
1: survival and, you know, like basic grocery and things like that. So new yep. businesses usually spring up in such an environment as well.
0: Yes. Yes. Good. So, what are the uh, kind of business you anticipate? W- what would be the kind of business that will uh, flourish, and what are the kind of business that would probably not do super well in the first or second years? What are things as a product leader you anticipate on that space?
1: Yeah. Great question. I think uh, it's a very good question for the product leaders because um, product leaders have two responsibilities. There is one is obviously generating revenue and making profitability or whatever from the top line, bottom line, but mm-hmm. also to meet the requirement, of the customers who are like in a willingness to spend time on your app or a product or use this product, uh, you know, willingness to do that. Right. Absolutely. So in those cases, um, uh, I think I see, at least in the not sheer sure term at least like three to six months for sure. Uh, EdTech is taking a, a really good, uh, uplift, which is the right mm-hmm. thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I take not only just like from education from the K through 12, but the professional education, like so LinkedIn Learning, mm-hmm. or Upgrad, GUI, all these platforms are really, really mm-hmm. growing well in uh, like emerging markets like India, right? In the past, mm-hmm. Coursera was there. Stanford mm-hmm. uh, offered so many courses for people and professionals to take course at their own learning pace. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, now this calls for like, you know, like that's a that's a good norm. I mean, probably when students are getting used to doing online assignments and, you know, like um, submitting it, I take this example, one thing, um, when we were moving back from US, uh, my daughter was interviewed uh, for admission okay. school here, right? So mm-hmm. most of the school said uh, parents and teachers should be in-person interview because hardly she was going to second grade. And mm-hmm. um, uh, the principal at like, Samita said, you know, don't worry. I understand you don't have to just travel for that interview. Let's go do a Skype interview. Believe it, she's in mm-hmm. second grade, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were like worry. I don't know what she'll say, how she'll address, it's all completely on the screen. Uh, yeah. The principal made it so simple. Uh, mm-hmm. She said, you know what? If a kid can answer it and feel comfortable, uh, mm-hmm. I'm more than happy she can adjust the environment. So she asked a couple of questions and asked her, um, what's your uh, like uh, hobby? She used to play keyboard. She played keyboard in front of Skype. And uh, she felt at ease, right? That's back in like uh, 2012 when my daughter was hardly six and a half years. And yeah. I think these days, kids are used to these kind of platforms. Correct, yeah. So, so I, what I mean, it's not just e-learning, but it's online learning or remote learning. All these things are going to be part of the new norm. And yeah. EdTech definitely is the one which is uh, going to see a lot more demand and a lot more, okay. um, um, there's going to be disruptions de- as well, right? You cannot just do a very offering because everybody is focusing on that now.
0: So you're yes. going to have a really
1: great offering so it meets uh, or beats the competition and like, you know, at least offer what the customers want.
0: Absolutely, yeah. What are the downsides of industries that you think, um, which might take some more time, you know, to come back to its shape or see a disruption date?
1: Yeah, see, uh, back, I, I, wait, no, I talk about 2001 also, right? Like, I was back mm-hmm. in the US in 2001, where my parents were visiting, and we had a lot of travel planned. Because of 9-11, okay. literally the travel industry was frozen. Insurance industry had a lot of problems and like all those mm-hmm. things. Um, mm-hmm. So travel and entertainment will, I mean, like, you know, like, like museums and theme parks and all this stuff, uh, did see a huge, um, uh, d- uh, like downtrend in the year 2000 because of this, uh, r- terrorist attack. But okay. here it's not that right. Because people don't know w- what is going uh, like to affect them. Should they go out, not go out. I've been talking yeah. to my friends in California, like they're, they're going out and jogging and things like that. But now they've been told <laughs> don't even go out. Right. So, industry which depends on travel or entertainment, uh, if they don't disrupt, I'm not saying it's going to Mm -hmm. see complete downtrend, if they don't disrupt Mm -hmm. and offer something different, uh, I think they will be hit really badly because they expect people to come in and spend more money and the consumerism part. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, When
1: you go to like, I'm not a great, honestly, I don't have a great um, recommendation of going to a theater because you just go to a movie, but you spend on popcorn and a whole bunch of things. Uh, the entertainment value is the entire experience, which I get at home because I have a home theater kind of thing. But I enjoy mm-hmm. that movie part. That mm-hmm. industry also will get impacted a lot. Um, I don't know how they're going to disrupt because um, uh, a theater cannot accept a Netflix or a Prime Video to be alternative. Uh, though I would take it back mm-hmm. because uh, in the last couple of years, I'm seeing all the Bollywood movies. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. If they
1: say hundred crore money it's already mm-hmm. almost 30 to 40 crores is through like uh, ott kind of online uh, like the subscription based like prime oh, video or this right that's so they already yeah. factored in in a way they've factored in because people don't necessarily have to go to the theater or repeat uh, like second show third show third uh, like you know like viewership they feel after 90 days it's already available so that industry i think have in some sense uh, disrupted themselves and accepted it but mm-hmm. i think uh, they need to step up and say if next 90 days to 120 days people hardly come out and watch movies in large gatherings mm-hmm. um, i think that that industry will see a little bit of um, that industry and the the surrounding industry right all the adjacencies like you know like services like uh, entertainment around that food that will suffer a lot i mean i will suffer a lot in things at least for the next six months i think they will see a downtrend.
0: okay that's that's good so on the retail moving back to retail because you know um The stores, store experience, I mean, always, you know, a kind of decreasing with the online buying and e-commerce coming into picture in the last one decade, I would definitely say. But with this pandemic and uh, things going in a different shape, how are the retail or the e-tail, you know, ecosystem is going to be like in upcoming days, Shesh?
1: Yeah, I think we had talked about in the past you know, how e-commerce uh, shaped up. You know, I, I was part of the Amazon Correct. Prime wave, right? I think uh, those days, um, going to Costco and shopping for the regular ones was uh, like mm-hmm. a nice uh, ritual. Also, go with the family, especially when a kid was born, we had to go for like, diapers and things like that. But it mm-hmm. became such a norm that every month we needed a, like a box of diapers. And um, mm-hmm. Amazon uh, incidentally introduced Amazon family membership at that time. Where mm-hmm. you know exactly what you need, like subscribe and save. You just subscribe mm-hmm. to that. And it mm-hmm. became such a blessing in disguise because I knew like for the next six months, my daughter's like diaper sizes, we planned it. Mm-hmm. And we got 30% mm-hmm. discount on that. 30% mm-hmm. discount on that. And it used to be like on first of every month, uh, mm-hmm. a box used to be like delivered and doorstep, right? Um, mm-hmm. Such repeat purchases where you know that you don't need to go and shop specifically what you need. Uh, mm-hmm. That will definitely take an e-commerce kind of route. Mm-hmm. But I think stores are like grocery, right? I think uh, mm-hmm. Walmart, Amazon, every of the companies have been uh, focusing because 1800 uh, on gorilla, gorilla where um, people want to even now I prefer to go do grocery shopping or even vegetables, fresh produce. Go to the market and buy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this kind of times, uh, that is the one where uh, companies are like at least all the retailers and the big box companies are looking at how they can uh, still meet the requirement because maybe next two months after people might say i'm okay to go back to market and buy things but still people feel i had not tried this online grocery and now it works so well because i know exactly okay. what i want uh, time mm-hmm. convenience and if it's like shipped to your house uh, i would rather go take that option that's the okay. grocery one will definitely pick up and i think everybody is addressing that including if you're observing um, swiggy and zomato had started saying we have the logistics. We have, uh, they also partnered with Uber now. We have the logistics mm-hmm. covered. Uh, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, what do you want as a customer? You want uh, from a, like a known place, a set of uh, like a food, grocery, fresh produce at a given time or whatever convenience and like payment taken care of, right? Uh, which is exactly what uh, Swiggy was doing. But for food, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people are now not feeling comfortable eating outside food or not yes. comfortable spending more time on that or more yes. money on that. Uh, so people are like starting using Swiggy to order grocery now or Zomato started delivering grocery now.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So that's a total disruption, right? Just nobody had thought of that. Why would they ever do it? Uh, no. I was, at, uh, I was uh, at Groupon where Groupon acquired a lot of companies uh, at that time to do deliver food because you're already in e-commerce. That's other way. But this time it's like Swiggy and Zomata saying we are doing the food delivery. We'll stop that or rather reduce that and mm-hmm. partner with Uber. That's another great example, right? Like how Uber and Uber Eats was there and Zomato like acquired part of it, all the stuff. But uh, Big Basket is partnering with Uber to deliver. Uh, so that's a kind of collaboration and a great synergy and harmony in the market now.
0: Which yeah, is, it's yeah. a very,
1: very, very comforting trend. I see that actually. Yeah.
0: Correct. Instead of seeing them as competitors because, you know, they've been doing it in a different way. I think in times like this, you should definitely collaborate and see the synergies and, Leverage each other's strength instead of. And this is not
1: uh, short term, right? I think it's going to last at least for six to at least with the economic impact and all this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, we
0: don't know. Like today, when you and me are talking, we are locked down inside the house, right? Yeah. So we don't know when is this going to really come back to its normal shape. When are we going to go to the office and live a normal life? But you know, till that, uh, we should really look forward and see what we can do in this time. You bring
1: an interesting point when you say you and me are locked down, both as product people, right? Are being locked <laughs> down. Can you imagine product and sales can remotely work? It has never been thought to in the past, right? Um, yes. I've been reading a lot of LinkedIn posts, and like Jeff Weiner from LinkedIn posts, said that a lot of people are now talking about remote product management is accepted now, right? People, people felt Product guys should be in the local market, next to the customers. Have to be uh, like with the always.
0: engineers, have to be with the customers. Yes, it's yeah. always been a myth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this time, I think it's people saying, you know what, yes, a uh, lot of stakeholders feel, you know what, you're as distant as me from the customer or as closer to me uh, from somebody else who I'm interacting with in sales, right? Remote product management is taking a really good validation now that it's possible. And it's it's a great blessing for product managers in India and the whole product community in uh, remote locations where the customers are not closer to you because um, one is, yes, you've got to step up because you are not closer to customers. So you don't travel as often as before, Uh, Mm -hmm. but uh, all your experience and how you can collaborate, uh, the leaders are accepting that that's the new norm. And it's it's think a blessing in disguise. The remote product management is being well accepted now. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's very true how do you think we can keep the time predictive and what are the things we should you know sharpen when we are saving a lot of time uh, during traveling and you know coffee chats and whatever time we were wasting in the office uh, what do you think we can do predictively during this time
1: see for me product managers are the ones who should listen to the customers right so if customer mm-hmm. demands are
0: changing
1: Customer requirements are uh, like uh, uh, metamorphing completely like, into different kind of requirements. Mm. If a product guy had a roadmap ready and they're like, I want to do this uh, 10 features, which is like six of them are must have, but three of them are nice to have,
0: mm-hmm.
1: look at it. Like customers might not value those three additional features, which is nice to have now because uh, their requirements have changed. Yeah. Uh, if it's in a B2C, yes, maybe because the way the consumerism changes, the way they're. Uh, the people uh, purchases mm-hmm. might change it's the right time for product I might just to take a step back and look at the drawing board and say you know what, what what the whole roadmap for this at least for sure two to three quarters and see what's really one which i need to prioritize on
0: mm-hmm.
1: for two reasons right one is um or three reasons one is um uh first thing is revenue wise there's going to be hit mm-hmm. in the revenue right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the executive is going to come down top down and say guys I cannot say the same budget what I had for maybe extra hiring or extra training, whatever it is, it's cut by 10%, 20%, right? That's a huge mm. cut from the top line itself because you're seeing the market is uh, hitting and to avoid layoffs and things like that, definitely will say like, let's avoid the cost part. That's the first yeah. part. Second yeah. part is um, you would have been hiring like crazy, like just like, you know, like let's build it because we're building for a big feature and like, and all those things. Now, they say, mm-hmm. really, if you need it, go higher, right? Because you become very, very selective. That's yes. the second thing which product managers, both in engineering or sales, marketing, or even your own product teams, if you do not mm-hmm. have this necessary people, uh, it removes all the slack and say, if you are effective and efficient, you can do a lot more than what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Third most important thing is, um, of all the features, uh, is it really worth it, right? Because it has been mm-hmm. nice to do so many things. Um, it would have been like, you know, like, I do this and then I'll do that. And then like my competition is going to do this. Now the entire thing is like taking a step back. So maybe competition may not do do that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I used to remember one of those days where I had a timeline, like time to market was like, my competitions, I heard they're announcing on like 1st of September and there's a launch event happening. So work backwards from that perspective. Now let's say launch mm-hmm. event, it may not happen. The competition may not even exist. Then mm-hmm. what is it you going to prioritize, right? Like that's how people are now should be questioning themselves. And mm-hmm. choose the right things, and mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I think uh, with the newer like the disruption, like you know, new technologies, how can you leverage the latest technology, right? Because um, like say for example, now this um, whole e-learning or you know, like the platforms can help you to leverage some things, um, remote working, whatever. If you can mm-hmm. leverage some of those things, then you, you must be faster than adopt. Uh, you should be faster than adopting. Uh, take the example of banks, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Banks thought you have to bank, you have to go inside a bank and do it. And I've been following some like the gym and a couple of people who have been advocating guys, digital banking is the next thing People, mm-hmm. you know, especially in Midwest in us, they said like, no, I trust my bank. I just go there and do my shopping or do my basic, um, uh, banking activity and come out. Mm-hmm. Now they are getting used to like uh, digital payments and complete digital banking, trusting the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, those industries are accepting the fact that, um, it is going to accept it so which means banks have to step up literally banks will not have any customers at all coming in let's say let's say um, <laughs> so they should they should address what all they have not thought through in the past uh, next part is very important is the security part right because everybody is using online platforms now um what you thought is more secure way of doing it in person or in like in a secured environment now we have to accept that it's going to be through networking or to remote locations so that is also another like networking industry should um, networking i mean the computer networking, not the networking of people but uh, uh, but i'll come to the networking of people as well but um, the networking industry also has to step up to make sure it can hold huge demand right like you see over the weekend zoom had like had unlimited like calls at uh, number of minutes now they start putting like uh, if you do not have a like business account it's only 40 minutes right so, those are kind of calls what product, uh, if they had probably not thought of in the past, they should put mm-hmm. it as a primary requirement and say, yes, uh, that's how the new norm is going to be. That's how I want to put new constraints and things like
0: that. Yeah, perfect. I think we've covered most of the topics. And uh, thank you so much for sharing what is going to be best and what is not going to be. And uh, thank you so much for your time, Sesh. Uh,
1: yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, like, you know, great. It's a, obviously it's a, it's a waking call for everybody. So the message to everybody is to stay safe, stay healthy, stay at home. But your earlier question about learning part, there's so much of online resources. I was surprised there's so much of courses available now. I know,
0: I know. So I much know. of Now it is becoming a, a information overload, cognitive overload. We don't know which one to pick. I think at one point of time, if we decide, okay, I'm going to learn this one during this pandemic time, I think it becomes easier because, um, you know, AI, yes, I want to learn. Language, maybe a new language, yes, I want to learn. Our product management, advanced strategy vision, yes, I want to learn. There are like 100 other things that you have to learn. If you pick just one, two, and then uh, figure out which course to pick at this point of time, definitely, I think you will come out of this pandemic with extra two, three skills. If you still say, I don't have time, I think it's not the lack of time at all. It's just doctor. lack of discipline or lack of, you know, no seriousness about your old career. Um, so thank you so much again, Sage, for all the information you shared during this lockdown period. Uh, happy to have you here.
1: Thank you so much, Tadmi. Thank you again. Yeah.